0: This is the feeling I grew up. This is how I express it. It's like yeah. I felt like someone left me here on earth by mistake and they're going to come back and take me because they're going to realize this is yeah. not my place. That wow. is how I felt my entire life, except when I'm traveling.
1: I'm Alexandra Kreis, and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. Journeying now for 30 years into the life and practice of yoga, I have met many who have taken interesting turns, went past extraordinary bumps and reached unexpected places. People with whom I shared conversations about everyday struggles, intimate realizations, larger questions, ideas and dreams. So today I'm passing on the mic to one of them so we could hear and celebrate the wisdom in people's differences and experiences. a very warm welcome to my dear listeners on my show today i'm sitting down with Muskie haley currently in montreal canada hi Muskie. hey alex <laughs> thank you for having me here i'm so delighted to have you it's these strange pulls that get us back together time and time again you know like we're like ships in the night for years and then suddenly boom <laughs> and we get together and everything explodes in a beautiful, self-expressive manner. So for those who want to follow what we're talking about, well, Maski used to be a couch server. I met her in India back then. And we were just talking that even when she was studying and growing up, where she grew up in Canada, she um, she felt like or you felt sorry your presence so I might address that to you as well but you said earlier you felt that the um it was hard to identify with where you were and you know the whole cultural background and so the traveling became your identification your self-identification right is that right Mm. um
0: yeah, I, I'm gonna correct that one a little bit because I was born yes. and raised in Ethiopia.
1: You didn't know that bit. Yeah, I thought you ah. were moving on straight to Canada. So yeah, born yeah, and raised in Ethiopia. Born, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was raised in Ethiopia and um,
0: I grew up with Ethiopian culture, definitely. So but I I I grew up very quick. Mm-hmm. I, you know because of my circumstance around and also the knowingness like what outside happening and what I was feeling even as a kid was two different things so I grew up thinking oh where do I belong you know <laughs> where is you know where is my place um, in this world But I, I mean I didn't know about world I think that's the reason I created this world in my mind and then I said mm. I'm going to travel the world and see it. so that's been my
1: biggest dream
0: yeah and, and then up going out and just traveling.
1: yeah and you know it's not to to say you didn't go through formal education or anything you even studied and you all left that behind you because it all didn't resonate with you. That's what I heard.
0: Hmm. yeah I my parents sent me to study to India. I don't know if you remember that part. I lived in India for four and a half years at a very oh. early age. Yeah. And India opened a whole lot of doors. Not mm-hmm. my education. I mean my parents sent me to study uh, economics. <laughs> but then I and then I come from this very religious background where Christians and Muslims, you know, like lived mm-hmm. I mean, kind of um, together, but religion is religion, you know. It's like yeah. you need to, you need to keep your religion, you know. Like you have to always believe in that, and you always have to follow that, and you can't question your religion. Mm-hmm. But then I, I'm I'm an empath. Now I have a word for it, but I didn't know back then. I mm. was I grew up being an empath, like I was born an empath. So mm. I I was feeling things, and I was thinking you know like I'm like I feel things I hear things I like this thing moves me this thing wants me to see things and then but I was not allowed to talk about those things and then (laughs) I was allowed to talk about my dreams but nothing else no communication or anything so I ended up in India and India uh, my parents were sending me to study economics but I was like India had all kinds of gods and goddesses and all kinds of way of worshiping and connecting. And it opened up a whole lot of door I never knew existed. Mm. And then there was no going back after that. Like mm. there was my life just, just like, oh my God, I am maybe, I don't know, screwed <laughs> like in a way because I don't now. I already feel like really out of place. Yeah because um, this is the feeling I grew up. This is how I express it. It's like I felt like someone left me here on earth by mistake and they're going to come back and take me because they're going to realize this is not my place. That is how I felt my entire life, except when I'm traveling.
1: Yeah. And what was so special for you or what made you feel at home and traveling? Because it's also earthly. I mean, you're talking about feeling like really lifted these people that look almost like angels. You know, I was thinking about one of my other uh, podcast interviewees, And when I look at her, I always see this kind of really fair being, you know, like almost translucent. It's so funny. Um, and now you're, you're expressing the same. So what did traveling give you?
0: Oh, traveling gave me everything that mm-hmm. I needed it's it gave me the inspiration like my eyes are able to see different things I'm able to think about different things like the flexibility to move through everything but still being very aware of it and yeah. being and also that feeling of oneness that I've always grew up with and I question like where is the oneness where you know because you see what's happening around the world but mm. then when I travel, people are kind. They opened up their homes. They opened up their, you know, like I have this deep conversation that fills my soul. And I'm like, oh, I can breathe again. Now I can go and live for a few months outside this. I can handle it because I have, I have this connection that I've made and knowing that there are people like me. Yeah. We might not look the same way, but we have the same understanding. So I am not crazy.
1: Yeah. The reassurance that you sometimes don't find in the school upbringing, or as you say, you know, in your cultural upbringing. Though I really wonder aren't Africans quite known for having like a hypersensitivity that, you know, what kind of creates an empath? Talking also, feeling that what we can see and that you connect with the intangible, let's call it that. You Mm know, is that not something that comes also from your cultural background? I just realized that.
0: Um no, unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know. Like I I didn't grow up really Mm -hmm. in that environment. And then even after I grew up, even now I still it's, it's very hard to have those conversation with my family or friends um, in so many yeah. ways. It can't yeah. be just a conversation
1: like they would. Mm. I mean, religion is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. It just grew on me because we do also have a daughter that comes from Africa and, you know, I could see she has the same key notes of being an empath and not quite sure how she should kind of hold that space for herself. That's why I wanted to ask you and to me, so I made I made one and one too, so which is not what it is often. But even in India, when you look at that was the first thing that surprised me. You know, I came to India studying yoga and um and knowing what I knew about India. And then I saw this whole culture of people trying to aspire to be like Caucasian people, you know, like or to be like the Americans or the Europeans and not knowing a thing about what i knew and that was like okay so let's kind of be real here it's not happening in countries it's happening to people these insights and these connections and these that that search that you've been on like meeting like spirited people for how many years was that (laughs) it's a journey I mean.
0: I made it a point because that was, I felt like that was the only way I could survive. Yeah, Of course, because I just, I have this nudge. um, It's not even after sometimes, you know, it was like, okay, yes, it was a dream to travel. But then after sometimes it became like a pilgrimage for me. Mm -hmm. And then I feel guided and then I would just show up and then I would just say, okay, I'm here. Like most of the time I wouldn't know why I'm there to be honest. Yeah, but I know I'm supposed to be there, and then mm-hmm. things unfold, and then I'm like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. That's why I'm here, and then or I meet someone, and then I would learn about something that you know, like mm-hmm. I would never know if mm-hmm. I didn't go to those places, or I would be invited to ceremonies, or you know, um, and I, yeah, I witness, you know, experience. It's not just like I'm reading about it but just the experience of it, it just made me, I need this more. Like this is how I'm gonna survive here, if not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How many years was that? Can we ask? Oh, it's
0: it's 30 years now. I left Ethiopia in 91.
1: Wow, wow.
0: Yeah.
1: And then you traveled after you left university, how for how many years did you do couch surfing?
0: Oh, coach, I did surfing. I, I, I found out about Coucherfing in 2004 or 2005, oh. when it just opened, like started.
1: Yeah.
0: And I remember reading the article here in Montreal mm. and their base was in Montreal at that time and reading about I'm like, these are my people, like this is, this is it, this is my people, like I am. I have a name for it now because yeah. that's what I was doing. Before couch surfing, people who I met on the bus or you know on the taxis, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the taxis yeah. they would take me to their house. That's how I lived most of my life traveling. Oh, wow. Even in India, they used, people used to just say, okay, where are you staying? And I'm like, I don't know yet. And then they're like, you wanna come and stay? And I, I go stay with them and I eat with them. And I made, I made a commitment. Yeah if yeah. anyone gives me anything, you know, like if they cook for me, I'm going to eat anything that they give me. I'm going to listen at least once, you know, and listen to them and then decide before I say no to anything. Mm-hmm. So that was the kind of commitment I made to myself. Yeah. And then, and then couch surfing came and then that was, that was it. Like it became my life for, I was on, on the road for five years continuously. Yeah um but before that i did um a whole lot of just backpacking because i can afford only mm. just backpacking you know going to yeah. one place and take a bus and uh,
1: you know yeah and um i imagine being 5 years on the road as it, when i met you i also got to, i only got to know couch surfing then you know when we met in 2009 mm-hmm. 10 so five years already in the scene and what kind of struck me was that you were traveling a lot and that couch surfing is an exchange of like, that's how I understood it. You know, you can yeah. live at my place uh, when I'm home. Did you manage to host people as well being on the road yourself for so many years? Oh, yeah. yes.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, this couch surfing taught me something like something that's very profound was, less is more yeah even when you don't have anything and you have a small clean safe space someone can use it and yeah. because because that's what i needed that's you know shower and clean safe space and i didn't care if it was a yoga mat or if it was a bed i didn't care you know like if it was um like i really the personal like the material thing wasn't but the people that i came in contact with through CouchSafin, they're amazing people. Like mm. that of up everything else. Mm. So I just look forward to just make maybe having dinner or, you know, like cooking together and then having yeah. that conversation through mm. the night sometimes.
1: Yeah. So being fueled by life itself and by life stories and the simplicity of life, you know, once we kind of cover all the bases, you know, know where to sleep know what we have in food feel safe that is yeah. like the three main values and then of course relationships is next at least from an ayurvedic um, standpoint you know they call them the four pillars of life um, mm-hmm. then life can be super simple and it, having you here I must share this with you like the whole lockdown you know i'm sometimes so frustrated in the lockdown and then i don't know what i'm frustrated about because i get frustrated about myself in finding i'm missing the restaurants and the cinemas and the the you know the public display and then i think like but life is so simple why is it getting to me so much what is your on take on that because you got stopped by obviously the pandemic and you're not couch surfing any longer and you got stopped by something else but we we'll touch upon that later yeah so oh uh, <laughs>
0: um the lockdown i the lockdown came
1: the lockdown <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, yeah
0: it came to me while I was, you know, kind of self isolating already. Yes. Because I've been on the road, I've been in contact with people, I've been in communication, and then I had suddenly had stopped yeah. being in contact with everybody or anything and participating literally, you know, in the whole world thing. And, um, while I was still healing from that, the lockdown happened and I felt like, wow, I'm okay. I'm okay where I am because um, what also what I think most people didn't know about me is like, what, like I, I travel. Yes, I'm in contact with people all the time, but I'm also someone who needs my own space to be quiet. I need to be quiet because mm. I'm, I'm full 100%. I, there's no in between for me. So, I can just go full out or full in. So, I was like at this point, I was really fully in and in, in, and then the lockdown. And at the beginning, it didn't affect me that much. Now, where I am, um, yes, I do miss some of the things.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but I also feel like it's a grace. It's a grace to us in some ways. There's so much loss and there's so much pain around all this but there's also grace within all this thing because this it's like opportunity given to us like literally to humankind to go within and then search for more answer from within than outside because we did that like i i felt like oh we we really focused so much outside Hmm. there was it was time for us to go a little bit within so Hmm. Yeah, I have my days. Uh, it's winter here, like you know. So being indoors always really, really affects the mental health, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, having not so much movement and yeah, you know, it's probably that.
1: Health. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, and it's probably that pulsation, you know, uh, because I identify as an empath as much as you do, and um, it's the the reason to be why I need a pulse, you know, I need a pulse to my life. And the, the pulse is like, I like to engage with people. I like to see people. And then I need to absorb it because there's only so much I can let in. And that being alone becomes my absorption. So yeah, first round lockdown was fine here in Germany. So I don't know how many lockdowns you had, but we're here in our third round and um, yeah, And I think it's the pulls of just naturally being with people or with a crowd of people that I'm really missing. So the pulls is taken away next to all the logical things that we need, you know, more movement. I notice how much I must have moved because even though I'm doing practices, body practices, it's still not enough, you know, (laughs) in Mm. Ireland, they call it the COVID stone, you know, that kind of (laughs) extra (laughs) weight. I love it, that expression. Um, And it feels like everybody is getting to that um, issue anyhow. But enough about COVID. Let's kind of hear what stopped you in the first place because this was also something we wanted to talk about today. Yeah.
0: I mean, growing up as an empath that, you know, like we have this ability to observe everything you know all kind of pains all kind of and then um, I come back and then I try to make sense things through my head sometimes you know it's just like I think about it or like what am I gonna do about this thing it feels like I've, I've carried everything that I see and I bring and then suddenly it was in my body and then um and also it became like a question for me, okay, I have taken so much from the world. In what way am I giving back? Because I, I can never be able to repay what the world has given me because I've got so much out of it. But right. I felt like at one point, maybe it was not enough for me to just go around, but um, I need to give back. Mm-hmm. And then the one thing I had promised I um, before I lost my mom, I had I've lost my mother to cancer before I she passed on I had promised I was going to write a book about my traveling because my traveling was something my family never understood you know I come from a culture there is mm-hmm. no traveling for sake of traveling you travel yeah. because you have work or education you know yeah. so each decision I made. To follow my heart was against my parents' will, Mm. because they've they've done their job, you know what they do in their own way, because they have sent, you know, like they've spent their money, they've invested their energy and time to educate me, Mm. but I didn't choose that path, Mm. so there was a conflict of obviously about the way, you Mm. know, I was um, living my life. But then also not really following traditional thing because we are a girl, you know, like you go to school and then you get married and then you bring grandchildren to the, you know, to the world. And I I wasn't signing up to that too. So all that I, and then a lot more, you know, childhood traumas had contributed for me to live this kind of isolated, but being in the world because the world feels safe for me But I don't feel safe in one place it just Mm -hmm. my life doesn't make sense in one country when I stay more than two three years but uh, when I am exploring and I'm meeting and you know I'm connecting with other people um, that made sense but then not until I I started writing that book and then the book (laughs) the book was supposed to be in my head okay it's gonna be from you know from this I, I did backpack you know through africa on you know as a woman and Mm -hmm. and then they say okay like then okay i'm just gonna write detail what people write like this is where i went and this is where i ate and like kind of but then the book came out differently Mm. it touched about a lot of it brought up a lot of childhood Mm, pain it brought Mm. up the you know like the way how i felt and moved in the world because. I just didn't have a lot of understanding and support from others because then I felt like I've been explaining and justifying who I am and what I'm doing and I felt like I'm done like I can't do this yeah I love way like I got whatever I want it's like if I have a purpose show me now I would do it if not I'm not interested being here so but then I started writing the book and then through that, like I found out I was, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia mm-hmm. when that happened. And then I said, fibromyalgia, like I, I can't get fibromyalgia. <laughs> this is like, this is what I thought. Like I, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Like I am I should be fine. I should be okay yeah. because yeah. I'm doing a lot of work, you know, like inner work because I was deeply in my journey. And then, okay, I, maybe I don't have a very balanced life, what people balance, you know, what they call balance, but I felt this, this can't happen to me. Like, you know, mm. and then, and then when I kind of came around to it, okay, why not? Why can't fibromyalgia can't happen to me? And then it was a whole lot of understanding, you know, like at, at the beginning I was fighting it and then I couldn't, I couldn't. I couldn't understand it or recognize it, but then later on, then I just, everything unfolded. I mean, yes, I should have all those pains in my body because Mm. um, it's been a constant struggle in so many
1: ways. Yeah. Uh, And it's almost like you're attacking yourself, you know, these diseases are, you know, in, in a very broad way, self, forms of self-attack and it sounded like you've struggled a lot of the time uh like you just said that's what kept you writing the book um, with your upbringing and some of us do and some of us you know when it comes to light what kind of has been there as an issue it really tears at us so what happened when you got fibromyalgia what was like you know can you give us a little bit of an inside of what it felt like to have it and w- what was the process for you to move out in and out of it
0: mm. um at the beginning i think the fibromyalgia has been there for sometimes the pain but because i've been like i've been having issues with my knees very early on i mm. you know i used to be very active and i used to run and mm. so i had um I had a lot of injuries in my body. So pain is not something I am, you know, like I am immune to. Like I I could feel it. And then I have this tendency of ignoring a lot of pain because if I'm like, all I focus was like getting my next plane ticket or bus ticket to my next country. So I would just numb it. Like maybe my knees numb. Like I used to take Advila at the beginning for my knees quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know the damage that was happening in my body, even mm-hmm. carrying my backpack for years, you know. Yeah. So when I found out about fibromyalgia and I started really digging deeper a little bit about the pains, and I'm like, oh, I know some of those things, but when it hit me the first time, it just didn't come just like with small pains around my body or it's just just no the pain. It just became i woke up one day and i'm like i had no idea who i am and mm. why i'm here like mm. seriously i didn't know yeah. i didn't know like you know i have like brain fog that i understand now but i felt like i really don't know why am i here yeah and then at the same time i said oh i know like I'm, i need to be grateful for what i have i've seen the world, like who would have ever taught a girl from Ethiopia that would have a wish and then she would go out and just walk the world the way I did. And then I should be grateful. But then I said, oh, maybe this is it. I, I don't know how to deal with this thing. So um, yeah. I'm just gonna do the book, you know? I mean, in my own way was saying, okay, I'm gonna do the book. I'm gonna give it everything I can, you know, to, mm-hmm. For people to get this book and that would be then that would be my contribution Mm. for women or for young people who want to ever you know take on their own path i don't want anyone to become just a traveler you know whatever they do they need to know why they want to do it and they do it so when i was in between that you know like uh, and then really kind of saying i'm done here in my own way because Mm. i couldn't see any more I couldn't figure out how I could heal my body. I was yeah. in pain so much. I didn't think there was a possibility for me to heal. Wow. Honestly. Yeah. and yeah. That um, feels- this is still open. And then I am, um, I, but this is a, I don't want to sugar cut it. I just, I, you know, like I, it's very hard to see. No, and it feels really. My
1: yeah,
0: can't believe I'm saying this when I say that. And then I learned also like, oh, Then I can't even share about this Mm. people are afraid Mm. to talk about even about the thing that we go through like you know I went into depression very quickly once my body stopped stopped really moving there was nothing else and with the brain fog and everything I went into a deep dark hole of questioning Mm. okay my question was, was like I have I done enough here it was just that's it and then but I'm just like whoever that dropped me here that I felt in the beginning you know Mm. as a kid now I you know like now I have different understanding but back then I seriously felt someone dropped me here on earth by mistake right (laughs) and then now I have I'm like I kept saying to them come and take me please Mm. I'm done here Mm. so that became kind of my prayer and hope for a few months
1: yeah yeah and i and I find it very brave that you're talking about it, and it also sounds like you have digested that because we're also talking to you, coming out the other end. But there is so many people who owned up to that sensation, however it came. One of my favorite um, authors is Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, and in that, yeah. some people don't like that book. So excuse me, but the the section where she starts travel is so clear to me she kind of broke down and didn't know what to do with her life anymore and it sounds to me in the weirdest way you have to get it like from all sides you know the body needed to break down so that you could see how to stop doing just doing what you were doing and becoming the next you know like uh, hearing what you need to do to serve and contribute to society now Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, but also like you kind of, um, that wasn't an accident. I knew, I knew there were things um,
1: Uh
0: that needed to happen, but I refused because I liked my freedom so much, you know, because the sense of freedom to go, I'm gonna, (laughs) you know, to go around the world, it it felt very comfortable. For some people, you know, that's dangerous. You know, for me going into like, war torn zones you know or like countries or where there is nothing and then there's the people say it's dangerous those things were not scary anymore for me they were like mm. that's just part of me i could go and my dad would never never scare me but mm-hmm. it was what did scare me for other people like people around me my family i would worry about that mm-hmm. but my dad you know it would never worry me but then the pad sometimes requires more saying yes you know the padamon like you know you just have to own your gift and power mm-hmm. and then and then I said to myself if I do that where am I gonna fit in I don't already have a place mm-hmm. here but if I openly say oh I this is what I feel this is what I hear this is what I can you know if I and i start writing what i hear then i felt okay i am now you know like i'm i have or i have families around the world that i created which i'm so grateful about but for some reason I still felt like i mean how can i you know i came from there yeah like I, i kept going back to my childhood
1: and so yeah are we talking about that you feel you are becoming more a writer and in writing uh, you do healing or you know offer also healing in different forms is that what was calling you at the time um it's it's all of them the healing part and the writing is more mm-hmm. um,
0: more important which i you know i avoided most of the time and create i mean i needed to go through the pain i guess <laughs>
1: And what was it, you said there were signs, so I'm curious, sorry, if you don't feel like answering it, but um, what were the signs where you thought like, I should be writing and I'm not doing it because I love my freedom, how did you notice? Oh, because I always have
0: a voice that, Mm -hmm. like I could have written by now, like how many books, like anybody else, because if we listen, we will always write, you know? And maybe some people more than other people, but I feel like for me that that was something a kind of a gift that I needed to explore but then I didn't want to give it a lot of time because some of the things even writing my journals it just scares me because those are not the topics people like like I said like even talking about depression my own depression or my Mm -hmm. own pain I cannot just talk about it very openly because It makes a lot of people uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. And that is amazing because there's so much effort or there's been so much effort made to accept depression in life. You know, you see these frequent posts even on social media and there is a movement. I know that in Ireland, it's a big thing, you know, like that a lot of people end up being so deeply depressed that they want to go and they manage to. And I find that so... Well, humbling why we are you know not able to talk about what people go through. It's so scary for everybody and it, it might it might be triggering people really to, to to look a little bit deeper down their own rabbit hole. I don't know what it is. I mean I don't want to um, accuse anybody of not participating, mm-hmm. but I know that it's hard for people to listen to these stories and they are so necessary to listen I mean, to.
0: It's also like when people have
1: already boxed to
0: you know, in this, this, in their own way, it's very hard for them to see you differently. You Mm -hmm. know, in my case, that was the case because like for some people, I am just a traveler who just wander around the world. So um, that should be making me happy, you know, like Mm -hmm. that should be it because Mm -hmm. I do, I do live my truth in some ways, Mm -hmm. you know, but then, um, but if I say, oh, but this is how I feel right now, then um, they're like, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel like that way. It was like, you yeah. should, you, you're, you're musky, you know? Yeah. And I kept telling myself, oh, I'm musky. I shouldn't feel pain. You know, I'm musky yeah. because I did things that nobody expecting me to do. Or it's not about anybody else. It's also about like me also. Like I never thought I could be able to do the things that I was doing. so I was just like oh maybe they're right and I'm wrong because they think you know like I shouldn't feel this way I should I shouldn't have been I shouldn't feel this way because but then feeling is feeling and then when I really felt like I don't want to be here it was nothing else was coming into my head nothing else I don't want to be here Mm. so we need to have those conversations I know it's you know but because Um, the reason I feel like having this conversation is there is hope though that was a year ago you know a year and a half ago or something and Mm. then when I see where I am now no you can we can come out of that space yeah and that space is not designated only for few people who maybe just live their life the way I did or they work hard and then you know like no it's, it's it could be anybody and we need to start having the conversation to help
1: yeah congratulations first of all that you managed to come uh, forward and out of that stage of the small death almost you know like it's like there's different stages of dying and having lived a kind of spiritual seeker life, like for so long myself now, almost 30 years, I've, I noticed how important this part of dying is. And sometimes it's been ripped of us in, in yeah. a strange manner, as you say, you know, we fall into a mental hole, you know, where we feel like, oh, but I want to go this way and I'm not that person anymore. And now, you know, where to go from here, that we are, you know, like particular women, we need to bring up such an effort sometimes to be seen in society. So and when once we got uh, where we are, we, str- we we self-identify as you said, and that self-identification is very hard to let it go because the oh, ego yes. becomes stronger and stronger and willpower is probably one of your and my forte, for example, you know? So um, yeah, we can pound on for a while until we get the different message, um, yeah. Oh yeah, but the
0: message for me, it would continue. You know, I once I started gaining my clarity a little bit and then my body back slowly, it was very clear. It was very clear. Um, a year ago from now, I have to say, I met someone who, like unexpectedly she came into my life and she started doing work with me like you know healing work and then that healing work really reveled quite a lot you yeah. know and confirmed quite a lot for me and and I and I I like oh okay I, I get it I get it I mean they I'm gonna say they because I know I'm connected to my guides and you know like I mm-hmm. with my ancestors like in a different way than I um, mean and openly I can talk about it and the healing that was that started coming, the things that started they started showing me, you know, what are the things that were really um creating those that pain within me. Mm-hmm. And then the teachers that came throughout the you know through my life, you know, mm-hmm. to to lead me in this path. There's so much. You know gift in that it's, it's mm. so painful i mean i would never never want anyone to go through that ever yeah. you know like and, yeah. and but we are most people do we all do you know we have there's times that we go through that pain that darkness that dark yeah. state but when we come out of it there is this gift of seeing what your journey was all about
1: mm. you know yeah. And just to inform the listener, you know, we're not talking about Muskie just lying down for a week or a month. You were <laughs> like in self-isolation. What did you tell me? Eight months or longer? Oh,
0: the first eight months, and then now I'm still I'm still pretty much in self isolation. Now I'm out. but because yeah. of COVID. Um, yeah, for about a year, a year or two months, one moment, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. no, it didn't come easily, darling. I, I, because I, sometimes also we can be very stubborn. <laughs> I, I'm not one of those people who surrender very easily. I need <laughs> reasons. I, you
1: know, ex- Tell me about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the knock was like
1: very hard and they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, so some people swim more easily with the suggestions, others don't. But we all have our little path to go, right? It's never the same. No, no. Never the same. But it's been quite a while since we've been talking. So um, mm. can you just mention the title of the book since it uh, was mentioned a few times so people know what to look for if they're interested? What was the book you, uh, you been writing? My there? book? Yeah. Book wrote, um, it's called Abyssinian Nomad.
0: Mm-hmm. Abyssin yeah. Nomad by And Nomad um, mm-hmm. Ethiopia used to be called Abyssinian in an ancient uh, time uh, so it's based on my experience and you know, it's a true story but the title is also because Abyssinian, you know yeah. I'm from Ethiopia and a lot of people call me Nomad,
1: so <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And is there anything you want to leave For our listener, I always ask for a closing word, like a word of advice or some, I don't know, form of Mm. closing this conversation for everybody.
0: Yeah. First, I I really want to thank you for this. It's it's not only I get to reconnect with you and, you know, um, come into your life once again, but also for the work you've been doing and, Mm. you know, the light that you shine through your work and through being you i'm so grateful for this opportunity alex Mm -hmm. thank you um yeah it means a lot for me because i i value each and every connection that's what it truly fed my soul is through those connections that i'm still here yeah sorry Mm -hmm. um what i would say for you, listeners Mm I my story could be anybody's story and they can connect to that. And what I say is um, when you are, when you know there is something going on within you, when you know that understanding, there is whatever awareness you have, mm-hmm. and when it comes from within you, take it serious. Mm. You yeah. know, take it serious because. There was, there's so many ways we could give excuse not to believe that voice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the price is higher when we do that. Mm. You know? Yeah. So yeah. the signs, like I said, you know, it could be a book or it could be the person or the feeling, whatever you feel within you. If it keeps showing up, don't ignore it because um, it will catch up. Yeah, because I ignored mine and uh, I needed to sleep <laughs> for a year or more, you know, yeah, to yeah. understand it. So
1: mm. that would be my. Thank you, because it sums up. You, you're so wise, Maski. I want to say that, you know, wise, because wise is not about knowledge. Wise is about listening and sharing and being sensitive i really like the values you brought to your travel saying like you know i will listen i will listen seriously to before i give an answer i will accept the the gifts of what are being that are being given mm-hmm. and then um, my ayurvedic uh, first teacher dr robert swoboda had um, a guru himself uh, vimalananda and
0: mm-hmm. he would
1: something along the lines that you said you know if you don't you know listen to life life will come and live with you you know it's almost like if the the prophet doesn't come to the mountain the mountain will come to the prophet in some ways we will all live you know come to a halt if we're not listening to those inner voices and yeah so there is no formula in life there's just different Yeah. (laughs) of expression thank you for sharing that actually that really sums it up so well (laughs) (laughs) i hope it does well thank you once again i'm so i'm so touched by your story and of course that we were allowed to listen to you and um and that you made time and i'm looking forward to more conversations with you again very soon thank you alex for the time you take to communicate (laughs) and thank you listener for again being here and following and yeah let us know your thoughts if you have questions we're here for you if you enjoy listening to my podcast please consider to become a patron at patreon.com slash alexandra kreis and pledge your donation